Life Audio. You guys, we did it. Today is our final episode in the Psalm series, 150 episodes or chapters long. I think you should be proud of yourselves that you made it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of myself. I think this is a really great accomplishment, especially if you've never studied the Psalms before. So today we're going to go through Psalm 150, our final chapter that closes out the Psalms. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. And today, drum roll please, if I knew how to edit a good drum roll in, I would do it, so just pretend that I did. But we are finally at Psalm 150. Congratulations, you have made it all the way. Before we dive into our final psalm, I just want to let you know that I would like you to keep listening. Starting next week, we're going to go into the She Hears Bible Study, which goes through the book of John, the Gospel of John. And we're going to look at six women in the life of Jesus and how he encouraged, equipped, and healed, and forgave them. And we're going to learn a lot about ourselves and our own relationship with God along along the way. If you'd like to get a copy of that, you can go to shehears.org and get it. I'm always plugging, supporting local small businesses. So if you don't want to buy it from me from my website, go to your local Christian bookstore and order it there. And of course, you can get it online as well. So for Psalm 150, I just want to remind you, depending on when you're listening to this, we have the journaling prompts every day in the show notes in the description. But after Psalm 150 airs, we will also have the third edition of this guided Psalms journals available on the website, shehears.org. Go to the resources section. Right now, those are available in digital, but we are working on getting print versions available for you as well. So stay tuned for that. If that's a resource that you would like, just keep your eyes peeled for that. But I want to say, I think that this journey through the Psalms has been really helpful for me personally. It's been helpful for me as I hear feedback from all of you, the things that you're learning and growing and areas that you need additional support in. I would love to hear your feedback. So you could go ahead and send me an email at rachelshehears.org and that will be a great way to kind of just let me know what you've thought about the psalm study if you'd like to do a similar study in the future. But to take a break from that, we're going to, like I said, we're going to go through the book of John and we're going to look at some of the content that is the foundational ministry part of the shehears.org ministry of the Hearing Jesus podcast of all of that. So today we are going through the NIV and we are starting at verse one of Psalm 150. 
is a short one, short and sweet. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, this whole week we have seen this final doxology of the Psalms as it has opened and closed each day with this call to praise the Lord. And this final passage is this final doxology that is a conclusion to the entire book of Psalms. And it's very intentional. It's an intentional way to close out this collection. The opening and the closing of the call to praise the Lord provides the perfect ending for this entire book. And what Psalm 150 does is, of course, every single verse begins with praise the Lord or or praise him. It's really heightening this call to praise, and it sends us out of this book with a reminder to have this joyful attitude of worship. Psalm 146 through Psalm 149 is very similar to 150 in the sense that they open and they close with this exhortation, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And so this simple expression is essentially just a call to praise. And I love that because sometimes we get, like I said earlier this week, we get stuck in how to pray. And if you are in a place where you are stuck and you don't know how to pray, this model, this example is perfect. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for all the things he's doing. This morning as I was driving my kids to school, there's a couple of little things that we needed to pray about, but not anything big and heavy. And so we just started praising God. We started praising God for the cows that we were driving past, for the green grass, for the blue sky, for the warm air, for the reliable vehicle, for money to put gas in the vehicle, just praising him for all of those things. And I think you cannot go wrong if your heart is in a posture of of praise. I do want to point out that in this section, 13 times the psalmist instructs those that are hearing this or reading this to worship and praise 13 times. But I want to make sure that there's this distinction that we recognize that we don't divide up the call to praise with the actual performance of praise or the actual engaging in praise. And so essentially, praise the Lord, that that phrase, praise the Lord, he's not just telling them to praise the Lord, but he is engaging in praising the Lord. And what he's doing is he's calling others to engage in this act of worship itself. It's not just talking about praising God, but it essentially is praising God. And so it opens up, of course, with this hallelujah, praise the Lord. And it's mirrored by that same phrase at the end. But in between, in that in-between space, we have all those reasons to praise the Lord. And it's this encouraging way that the psalmist is closing out the psalm to remind us, too, to join in worship. So there's this call on the congregation to praise God, and it starts off by specifying the place of worship. And so that first colon in that opening line calls on people to praise God in his holy place. And so when we read this in the NIV, 
it understands the holy place to be the sanctuary. And that's most likely correct, although it could be a reference to that heavenly holy place where is God's dwelling place. And so don't just think that this means that you have to praise God in the sanctuary or the holy place, meaning your church. That sanctuary, that holy place is the place where God dwells within us. And you can praise him right right in your bedroom or right on your, on in your car on your way to work or wherever you're at. Praise is not reserved for a specific location. So even though that's what this initial call is, I want to remind you that when we have Jesus, we we have the Holy Spirit living and residing in us. Praise is not limited to a specific location. The literal translation in the second, where it's calling to praise from the mighty heavens, that literal translation in that phrase would be his mighty firmament. And that is a reference to the solid dome that holds up the heavenly waters that's mentioned in Genesis 1-7. And so if the holy place does refer to sanctuary, then that first section is calling on God's people to praise him. And the second is reminding them that God's heavenly realm and the creatures, you know, the angels, the celestial bodies, the sun, the moon, the stars, it's reminding all of them to praise him as well. And you have to remember back in that time frame, they really saw the the position of the earth to be part of or underneath the dome. We talked about that earlier in, in the Psalm series. They saw, they felt like there was, um, or the way that you would see it drawn on a map, there was a dome over them. What we now know is is that with the language and with the way that um, we understand the world to work now is it's really describing this heavenly realm. So that firmament is talking about that place where rain is created, the skies, the heavens. And so the sun, the moon, the stars, the angels, all of them, they're all called to praise as we learned earlier this week. All of heaven and all of earth are to praise God. In verse two, it goes into these reasons for, for praising. And most of the Psalms give specific reasons that motivate worshipers to praise God. But this psalm concentrates simply on praising God. It's not so much about the reasons, it's the call to actually praise. But verse 2 does give general reasons. And so the Hebrew could be understood one of two ways. First, the reference in the Hebrew might be to understand God's qualities of strength and greatness. And then the other possible translation that is taken by the NIV would be to more concretely understand God's mighty acts throughout history, specifically Israel's history. So, of course, God's qualities of strength and greatness are demonstrated to us and to them through his acts in history. So either way, it's still this this call to praise. Um, and we know this from studying the Psalms. There are some Psalms that re- refer to specific acts in history, such as the Exodus or the conquest. Um, but, but sometimes the Psalm will refer to concrete actions of God in a specific way. And then sometimes it does it in a more general way where it's talking about the character and the nature of God. Either way, what I think is happening with this psalmist is he's intending us to think about those redemptive acts as well as this work of creation as a reason to praise God. We're going to stop right here and we come back. We'll finish up this final psalm. Stay tuned. So this next section, three through five, is interesting. It's the longest section and it's simply calling for the use of instruments and music and dance in order to enhance this praise session of God. And some of these instruments are rarely, if ever, said to be used in worship anywhere else in scripture, which is interesting 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that we think that that is strange or above and beyond or eccentric. Eccentric. Instead, what the psalmist is doing is providing a number of names of different instruments in order to communicate that the entire orchestra, every single part, should be involved in this aspect of praise. It's kind of like how the other day we talked about everything from the skies to the bottom of the seas will be involved in praise. It's just another way to say that. And so these different kinds of instruments, including the ones that would be played by the priests, like the horn or the Levites, which would be like the harp and the cymbals, or the lay people, which would be like the tambourine, the strings, the pipe, all of those should be engaged in this worship. So wind instruments, string instruments, percussion instruments, and then that's also representation of the people who would be playing them. So it's this inclusive way to say everybody's going to be praising God. So there's this list of instruments and it reminds us that Psalm 150 was to be sung. This was an, indeed, a, you know, most of the Psalms were to be sung, but this wasn't just a prayer or a, or a poem. This was to be sung as an act of worship. So I love that. And then of course we see in verse six, this invitation to praise that is, you know, right before the closing of that final hallelujah, it repeats that opening call to worship. And the Psalmist ends with not just a call to praise, but this invitation to everyone that's around. So until now, what the psalmist has done is he's called for praise using musical instruments, but he's ended with the most important instrument of all, which is what? The human voice. Our voice was created. Our hearts, our minds, our spirits was created to praise God. And so he's pointing out in this psalm that it's not just the possibility of us praising God, but it is a responsibility of us praising God. The Hebrew word for breath is that it's also used in Genesis 2 verse 7. It reminds us that God gave humans the breath with which they use to praise him. And so there's no more important use for our breath than to worship God. Overall, what we've learned in our study of the Psalms is that the book of Psalms is essentially a place for our hearts to gather where we can speak and worship in this presence of God. And sometimes that's in moments of sorrow. Sometimes that's in moments of victory, in moments of celebration, in moments of depression, in moments of joy. We have seen every single human emotion and pr pretty much every single human experience in this last 150 Psalms. And yet it all ends with this idea of praising God. And so Psalm 150 is this final opportunity or this reminder that regardless of what is going on, regardless of our circumstances, we can praise God because we know he is the one that holds it all together. So given that insight, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to reread our final Psalm from the NIV starting at verse one. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with a harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father God, may the last words of our hearts in this psalm study be praise the Lord. Lord, help us to recognize that those are not just words that we're reading on a page, but is a call to praise you in all things. 
as we have studied the Psalms together, we have seen your presence and your faithfulness throughout Israel's history. And in fact, through our own history in our own lives, the way that you continue to be faithful and you reveal your, your hesed, your loyal kind of love that's based on this covenant that you have with your people, the way that you have provided Jesus as the way out for us because you knew we were going to mess up. God, we thank you for the way that you are revealed through the Psalms. Lord, I pray for my friends that have come along this journey with us, that they would remember and go back to the Psalms again and again when they need a reminder of your faithfulness. God, we thank you and we praise you in all things. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.